Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for us at keyword World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive talk with me, Cynthia Bryan. And me, Heather Brittany. And we are your personal growth success coaches, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, the Stella Dona Goddess Gals, here with you every single week. So get ready to pump that energy, learn, laugh, live, and listen because we want you to live your dreams and make your life worth living. Today is going to be a whale of a show, and I've been wanting to do this show for about four months, uh, beginning in segment two, big cat expert, environmental educator, whale protector, wildlife photographer, videographer, and founder of the Global Classroom. Colin Garland is going to be joining us right before he leaves for South Africa, where he's going to be doing field studies with lions and cheetahs and leopards. He's just oh my. I know. Oh, my. Uh, he is an adventurer, the first degree, and he's going to bring his brand of awareness and uh, conservation for the oceans and the savannas and the rainforest to our airwaves. And I am really excited because I really want to write this book about him and I want to make a movie. So it's going to be really fun. Heather, you'll be in the movie for sure. <laughs> anyway, coming right up um, is going to be our Tea for Two segment that Heather and I are going to do that we want to help protect you from a credit card fraud and credit card scams which are definitely on the rise and it seems that more than ever we're getting more emails and and uh, information from people questions from people about it so we want to always bring you the latest in that so we will be doing that in uh, in just a second um, we also uh, wanted just to I just wanted to say that I just watched the movie Justin Bieber Never Say Never. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it because 
no matter who you are, you have the ability to be the star you were born to be as long as you have that burning desire and that drive to succeed and a team that supports you and the resources to keep going. And like we always say here, the jamais, de jamais attitude. So the miracle moment for today fits right into that. It's brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the writer, director, producer, and star of your own life. And you can uh, go to Star Style by going to starstyle.us or call 925-377-7827. And this is from Martha Graham, who was a very famous dancer, teacher, and choreographer. And she said, great dancers are not great because of their technique. They are great because of their passion. Mm-hmm. And and Heather, don't you think that, I mean, that's what we totally believe. I mean, I believe in living, living your life with star style. And we have always just really, you know, pushed that passion and purpose because that opens the possibilities. So we hope that everyone will benefit from living their passion and following their calling, you know, because when you are doing what you love, it's always said you won't work a day in your life, right? And exactly. I think... And I think both of us, although other people look at us and say we are working really hard and we work really (laughs) long hours, I just feel like we're playing all the time because we just love so much what we're doing. So, on to our topic for today. Although credit card fraud is on the rise, and again, it's really on the rise on the Internet, if you are a savvy uh, shopper, you also know that it might be safer you know, entering your credit card on a secure online order form than handing it to a waiter in a restaurant because you never know what's going to happen with that card. So identity theft is one of the most simple and common forms of credit card fraud. So Heather and I have some tips for you. We want to keep you safe and we're going to just give you some precautions about giving out any confidential information. Well, Heather, take it away. We know about not giving out names and Social Security and date of birth and all of that because yeah, anybody well, can get a loan. I had, I had recently had it, which ended up being um, not a credit, but I had a, I had a potential credit card uh, fraud scare recently, and that's what really got me into it of thinking, oh, my God, it can. I, I feel that I'm very, very cautious about that stuff. But um, having that scare and everything turned out well and that it would actually, what I thought was a fraudulent purchase, was actually just a purchase I had forgotten about, which ended up being rather embarrassing. But it, but um, when I called my credit card company, what had happened is there was a small, uh, a small charge on my credit account. And one thing I do that I recommend everyone does do is in this crazy time of online and you can never be too careful doing stuff online. There is the the convenience of banking online, paying your bills online, uh, you know, attaching everything to your credit card. That it's as simple as you get an email. <clears throat> excuse me, you get an email every month to let you know, you know, your fifty dollars for utilities is going to be charged on this and this day. So it is a world of convenience. At the same time, there's also a world of scams out there and the potential of vulnerability. Um, so one thing I recommend that people do and how I caught this so early was that I, on a daily basis, I always um, check my credit card online. It will show you what, it, what you've spent in the day, what's pending, um, available credit, and as well, it will let you see if there's anything suspicious. Um, and a lot of times, if you don't catch these things until it's mailed to you, it could be too late and you have no idea what they've done. 
And in my case, is that I had spent the day out and I had made a big purchase and I wanted to just make sure I still had available credit. And they looked and everything I had bought was there. And then there was just this small um, purchase for $20 that I had not made. And I was really surprised, like, gosh, you know, is there something I forgot? I couldn't imagine. And luckily, I decided just to call my credit card company to say, hey, you know, is it, did I make this purchase? And surprisingly, um, because they see the trends uh, that you make as a customer, they saw this purchase and they had actually red flagged it and they were going to contact me to let me know that, that they found it to be suspicious. And an interesting point they brought up, because um, I said, I know this is so silly, it's only $20, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be making a big deal, but I just really don't think I, I need this purchase. And they brought the point that a lot of times what happens when someone gets your credit card information, um, they want to kind of test the waters first to see if it will work. So a lot of times they'll make a small purchase. If they're able to go, if the small purchase isn't hassled, then they'll go through and they'll make a big purchase, which is the one you can end up paying for. So when I heard that, I instantly go, oh, my gosh, shut this down. And then a couple hours later found out um, it was something that had accidentally been recharged to me from months ago, but it had been me. But, but it was still that, a good idea, though, because you checked it. Otherwise, you would have been double charged for an item that exactly. had been so, done, so you know, in, years, I mean, not, you know, years ago, but months ago. So that was a smart thing. Yeah, so in my case, it ended up working, but good news is it wasn't someone else. And that's the thing I know I've noticed. I think I've, I've learned things over, um, from you over the years about always holding on to receipts, you know, always reading receipts. A couple of times I leave the grocery store, and again, small purchases, but just something seems like, hmm, that's weird. And I look down, I realize I've been double charged for something. or You know, a lot of times we just don't question it. And it's just simple, it's, you know, it's, it's not that people are doing things on purpose. You know, they're a simple human error. We're humans, not machines. But I want to talk about, I just want to jump in there, Heather, and talk about when it is done on purpose, because you just yes, mentioned receipts. And, and, exactly, and, and that's the thing about how That's we're the so biggest careful. identity theft is the receipts, and I don't think people realize that. Go ahead and talk about it. No, and very much time, I used to work, you know, when I was in college in, in uh, you know, waitering and all. So many times, no one take, when you pay for something with credit card, all of your information is there. And a lot of times, people find the receipt and leave. And they always give you a, a customer receipt, and that's for this very reason of if you get home, if some there's some crazy bill or if they want to fight you on it, now you have proof to say, no, I, here's this, or, you know, I, I only spent $50. Why does it say $200? I've so oftenly, I'm grabbing my friend's receipt saying, don't leave this here. And it's as simple as the waiter or the waitress takes it. Now they have your credit card information or someone else, um, not to, you know, that could have been watching there. People prey on this stuff, or even if you get it and ask, you just throw it away. People dumpster dive. Another thing, all those, all those times you get that junk mail saying, "Congratulations, Cynthia, you've been pre-approved for a credit card." It really, just means they have your information. You know, you rip it in half, you throw it in the garbage. Make sure you destroy that thing because you open it up. All someone needs to open a false credit card in your is your full name, your address. Sometimes your social security, but maybe not even um, mother's name, uh, uh, an employer's address. They need the littlest of information. And, and these they, days, so much of that information we unwarily put on our Facebook accounts or our online accounts like we talked about last week. Exactly. So with that, we have with to that, be 
really careful. In fact, there's just a, that's just another indication. And unless you are not putting any personal information on the Internet, you want to set the privacy settings. And about shredding those receipts, make sure to shred them because any scammer can, they now have your signature because you signed it, even if you just, you know, jiggled it. Now they see that you do it that way. They have your credit card number, and they can open accounts. And as I was telling you yesterday, I just read about a 23-year-old man who was arrested for hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card scam and identity theft. I think it was 25 counts. And he worked at a service station, a gas station. And what he did is when people paid him directly with a, with a credit card, he had some kind of device in his palm that he would quickly scan the credit card. Then he would immediately run it through on the credit card thing to get the information. And he, it took, I think, about six months for, pe- for him to be discovered. But in the meantime, hundreds of thousands of dollars were charged and many, many people lost their identity, their personal identity, which can take years to recover. So that's very scary. Yeah, and it, I mean, getting with that, sometimes it seems like a hassle when you're somewhere and you're paying with credit card and they ask for your ID. Always do it. And, you know, they always say as soon as you get your credit card right on the back, well, actually, it's something that even going one step further because someone can learn to copy that right where I'm on the back of your credit card where it says signature, right, please ask for ID. Oh, that, that is the best going, tip. That's the so best that's tip. That's why, because um, it's very easy. There's some places I go where I'm always at. No matter how many times I go there, they always, I use my credit card. Oh, you're using credit card. You have to show ID. There's other places I just swipe my credit card or I'm not asked for it, which for me I feel convenient, but at the same time I worry, what if my credit card was done on the ground and now someone, again, is just making small purchases. Um, so have it signed somewhere where it says ask for ID. That way, um, you know, they, that if it's uh, shown out that the name does not match up with the credit card, that they know that this is going to be a fraudulent thing. Uh, another thing, never provide your credit card information on a website unless it's a trusted website. Um, you're going through. Sometimes you've heard the phishing that uh, people send you these fraudulent links. That's another thing. If you have, if you do online bill paying, you know, you pay for your gas or whatever online. Even though you get those monthly emails that say, "Oh, this is," a, don't open via link. Go directly to the website, typing in, or if you have it pre-programmed. Because a lot of these phishing scams, they send you these uh, emails, these links that look just like the actual credit, just like wherever you're billed to. You click on it, and now you're going to be entering your information on a, on a fraudulent site, a site that's just collecting your information. Exactly, so sure and and most um, institutions are never going to send you an email asking for any of your passwords or any of that kind of thing. So. If you get that, that is always suspicious. So you can, you know, that is not a good thing. Well, we're winding up right now, and I just want to just leave you. If your credit cards are lost or stolen, make sure to contact the issuer immediately. Most credit card companies have toll-free numbers, 24-hour services, and usually you are not liable for anything more than $50. However, if there is an identity theft, this could take you years to rectify and it really could ruin your credit and your life. So you want to be very, very cautious. Heather, just uh, wind it up for us. Yeah, that's the thing again of that um, constantly kick on your bill. If you notice something is wrong, contact them immediately within the first 24 hours. 
um, just to protect yourself. And as well as a lot of us, you know, in this world of, of credit card and plastic, have those emergency cards that just in case. Don't carry those around. Only carry around the essential cards because if you lose the card that you never use, you may not know that it is actually being used. So make sure you keep that emergency card at home in a safe place. It's only for emergencies. Well, fabulous. We'll give out the websites if anybody most, needs help. Most definitely. Well, if you do feel like using that credit card and purchasing any of the fantastic books associated with this show, go to be the star you are dot org, be the star you are dot com as well as CarmeClutches.com, both with a K. And when we return from break, we are going to spend the rest of the hour with wildlife expert, conversationist, conversationist, adventurer Colin Garland in the ocean. We're going to be rescuing whales. We're going to be in the rainforest with the lions and tigers and jaguars. And we will be in his global classroom. So that is coming right up here on Star Style. Be the star you are. You better check your survival suit because we're going to take the plunge. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we're going to be right back. Don't you dare go away. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be The Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org Be the lucky star Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are.org. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, I am always so grateful that you stay here with us on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where every week we showcase incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive message, 
and Tools for Living. Visit the website, bethestarur.org. We hope you'll get involved, make a donation, and keep this life-changing radio program on the air. Well, this past winter, I had the extraordinary privilege of going out in a private panga in the Sea of Cortez to be with the Blue Whales, led by the founder of the Global Classroom and Raven Adventures as part of a research and conservation activities of the local whale museum projects. Now, the way I describe this man, Colin Garland, is as a unique combination of a Jacques Cousteau, a Tarzan, 007, and maybe the Dalai Lama thrown in there. He is an accomplished wildlife photographer, a videographer, an adventure guide, a big cat expert, a researcher, a teacher, and a steward of the oceans and the earth. To say that he's passionate about life is an understatement, and he truly is a moving target because it is really hard to catch him. He's on the go all the time, out of cell service, kind of out of out of of just the common day. But we've got him with us today. So, hey, Colin, welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hello, Cynthia. How are you? I am so happy you are here. You are truly a traveling man, the moving target, as you say. But I am glad we finally were able to get you on the air because we have so much to talk about before you leave for South Africa. Yeah, I am. I'm really thrilled to be with you. And um, I've just I'm in the states for just three or four days in between, just coming out of two months in the jungles of Costa Rica. And uh, on my way to South Africa to do the Big Cat Research Project for the summer. And then, and before Costa Rica, you were in the Sea of Cortez in Baja with the whales. So why don't we start uh, with some of the whale is things that you have done? Because your life is literally one big movie. I know you don't think you're very exciting. <laughs> you are such a calm cautious you know you're you when you meet you you're so understated and yet you live this huge expansive life changing other people's lives and really being such a good steward of the earth but why don't we start with your work in the sea of cortez and what you do with fernando and how you've been working with um marine mammals and and the whales for such a long time yeah, well, um, that all started in 1992 when I kind of stumbled upon the Baja Peninsula, and it, I just loved its remote kind of beauty and and all that. And um, as part of the the global classroom that you had mentioned, I've been taking high school students around the world, kind of introducing them to new cultures and new ideas, and and really working on a lot of um, kind of personal growth and group building and and that kind of thing. And um, wherever I go, I have students, and they get hands-on experience. And one of them is being out on the water. Uh, the Baja, Mexico is just fantastic, one of the best places in the world to see the great blue whales, the largest creature to ever live on the planet. And, um, you know, we're out on the water as much as possible, observing, photographing. We're creating photo catalogs of all the individuals. We get to know a little bit more about them. They're kind of a mysterious whale. They're hard to uh, track and follow. And, uh, you know, you were happy and lucky to get on a boat with us, and I was thrilled to meet you. And we just had a fantastic time. Um, and, you know, on, a, on occasion we, we uh, have things uh, happen that we're not expecting, and whether it be orca sightings, which are very rare down there, or, um, you know, coming up, 
upon a whale entangled in nets or whatever, um, the students are involved in whatever may happen to come along. Well, what are the things that you are doing right now, and this is based on one of the rescues that you, Fernando, and a couple of crew members performed recently, is you're trying to raise about $20,000 through the Global Classroom to buy some necessary gear so that you can actually facilitate a, a, a very well thought out and careful rescue when something does go wrong and this story that i call the whale tale was was just so heart-wrenching and heartwarming at the same time where you came upon a whale that was entangled in nets and and the tail was entangled in nets and it took two days basically to free it, but this doesn't, it ended in a good way, but that's not always the way it ends. Sometimes you can't get the animal away from something that like that. That's right. You know, when you're dealing with a 40-ton animal, um, they're a wild animal. They, they, don't, uh, they don't kind of register that you're there to help. And uh, sometimes they're cooperative and sometimes they're not. Um, this was a particularly poignant uh, experience for me because just uh, days before that, I had been on the Pacific side with students to uh, introduce them to the gray whales, which come down to give birth, and and there's something called friendly whales. These these mother whales bring their babies right to the boat, let you pet them, and the whole thing. So it's a very moving experience. And um, we happened to be there the day of the tsunami in Japan, and to have these whales just right there petting them and, and seeking you out. I mean, they, they literally will come right to you and make eye contact. And it was so moving. And to have a few days later come across this beautiful humpback that was so entangled in netting, um, it was so heart-wrenching to watch and know that this animal was going to die if, if nothing was done about it. And, you know, like so many uh, parks and areas around the world, funding is always an issue. And, um, you know, in this instance, the Park Service didn't even have the fuel to come out to do anything about it in their boat. Uh, and we were there. So we started trying to help this whale. And it was a very unusual experience in that this whale just lay on the surface and let us pull right up alongside. And I was literally on my stomach leaning over the gunnels of the boat, cutting with a hand knife, trying to cut this net away, which is a particularly dangerous experience. I don't like to get my hands anywhere near the netting because it's very easy to get tangled up in it. And we did the best we could, um, but we had to just keep our distance. This whale was you know, a very powerful beast, and um, we didn't have the proper tools. And we had no way to get a team out there to help. So that evening, we went back to town, and I, my brain started working, and um, I have all kinds of skills with welding and machinist and all this kind of stuff, and I, I bought some local machetes, and I ground them down into specialized hook knives that would not hurt the whale, and mounted them on, on uh, four-meter poles, and we went out the next day, and by the luck of just the, the spirit being with us, we found this whale again, still entangled, and uh, we worked on this whale for 13 hours. And in some instances, we were, we were using the tools we had. We had a small uh, kind of a homemade anchor, and we were able to hook the anchor into the netting and attach ourselves to this whale. And in that first moment of attaching a rope to that whale, I had no idea what was going to happen. And this whale 
its fence that we were attached to it, and it started to swim, and it dove down. And in that half a minute of having 100 feet of rope kind of paying out and coming tight and feeling, you know, for the first time in how long, the, what the Yankees used to call the Nantucket sleigh ride, of being pulled all over the bay by this whale. And, uh, you know, eventually we were able to get close enough each time it came up. We kind of learned the rhythm of the whale. Uh, lucky for us, it was it was just going about its daily routine. It was feeding, diving down, coming up for two breaths, diving down, feeding, coming up. It was just like we were kind of a mosquito on its back. And after 13 hours, we had cut away a fair chunk of the netting. But uh, come evening, it was getting dark and too dangerous to be attached to this whale. Uh, we had to figure out how we were going to get this uh, small kind of homemade anchor out of this netting that was still remaining on the whale. And just by sheer luck or, I don't know, divine providence, on the last dive, this whale went straight down and it actually broke our anchor. And uh, the metal tines of the anchor broke them right off and the the anchor separated from the whale. And uh, we were able to retrieve the anchor, the rope, and everything. Uh, I was concerned that we were, um, you know, the last thing we want to do is create more harm or damage to this animal and I did not want to cut the rope and have this whale swimming around with a 15-pound anchor. So we were very, very happy that we separated from the whale. Um, but it did indeed leave uh, with a little bit of netting still on its tail. I think that we got enough off where this whale will survive uh, if it doesn't get infections and things. Um, but you know, it's so sad to see these beautiful creatures trailing around 100 feet of netting all wound up around their flukes and tail and it's cutting into their flesh, and uh, I don't know why, but I've been down there for 22 years, and and I've seen two entanglements in 22 years, and this year we had three entanglements in a month. So it's getting worse, and you know, you talk about divine providence, and this has really been actually a key factor in so many of your experiences throughout life, and I want to talk about that too, but first I want to give the website for Global Classroom it's globalclassroom.net. We're going to talk more about the, that, this coming up because uh, Colin works with young people all over the world, but specifically in Costa Rica and in Baja. And, um, and you know, he, has a, he established a wildlife reserve in Costa Rica. But before we talk about that, Colin, you know, Divine Providence happened to you. You actually helped monks escape from Tibet, and you shared that story with me when we were together. Of course, it brings tears to my eyes, and I just can't, I just still can't even imagine how you got through all this, and plus you've had other experiences where you had students and a bus overturned, and you, you know, could have been killed, and people were injured, and yet you were, you've been able to get out of these really harrowing experiences. Tell us a little bit about some of these. Well, um, you know, kind of in a a very short kind of brief kind of uh, opening is I grew up in a very small town in Western Mass, kind of factory mill town area. And uh, when I left high school, it was basically military or factory. Those were your choices. And uh, higher education was not something that was offered or talked about even. And um, I followed in the footsteps of my family and my relatives, and I went into the factory. 
and my brother had just returned from Vietnam, and I, I knew that that was not what I wanted to be involved in. So I did the factory thing, but I gave myself five years, and I committed myself to five years of learning every possible skill. When that was done, and I became a machinist and a welder and a carpenter and electrician and all these different things, I quit on my five-year anniversary, and I knew I was never going back to that kind of lifestyle. And I asked myself, if I'm going to work 55 more years of my life, it's got to be something I love. And what I love more than anything is being in nature. So I started volunteering local schools, taking students into the wilderness, teaching them survival skills and animal tracking and wild edibles and all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it kind of blossomed back in the 80s. There weren't a lot of people doing this. And we should interject here, Colin, is that your family or uh, your grandfather's Native American? Yes, yeah. My, my grandparents on my mother's side were Native American. So this uh, is where you came up with your tracking and so much of your, your just instinct for nature and the I land. Guess so, yeah. But, you know, it, we were never told that that was the case. Um, when my mother passed away, I learned of that. I was in my late 20s by then. Um, it was just not something you talked about in the, the Depression or, you know, during that time. It, it wasn't, you know, it was unfortunate, but that's the way it was. Um, but it makes sense to me now. I mean, my childhood was all about being in nature, all about discovering, exploring, and, and that thing. So, you know, I started working with youth and taking them into the wilderness, and I did this for many years. I worked with court-ordered youth who basically came with me on you know, 15-day expeditions, or they went to juvenile hall, or when they turned 18, they went to jail. And it had a very profound impact on them and on myself. But after 10 years of doing that, I got a little bit burned out, and, and I decided I was going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And uh, it takes about eight months, nine months, and, you know, back then, a couple, $3,000. And a friend of mine said, well, if you're going to do that, why don't you just buy an around-the-world plane ticket? And I had never thought that big in my life. I had never been out of the States, and I don't think I'd even been out of New England. But I looked into it, and sure enough, for about 1500 U.S. dollars, I could buy an around-the-world plane ticket, good for one year. And that's what I did. I had very little spending money, but I, I got on a plane, and I started traveling around the world. And um, in my first few months, I met a woman who was dying in India who was from America and really, really wanted to go home. And I bribed officials and paid off everybody and basically spent everything I had to get her home. And I walked out in the streets of Delhi and with nothing but the clothes on my back and a little backpack. And, um, you know, several stories there, but I ended up being taken home by an Indian family and, and uh, they introduced me to other people and other people. And I ended up in northern India and uh, ended up in the, the hill villages where the Dalai Lama resides and one thing led to another and I I um, learned about the plight of the monks um, there was some horrible horrible things going on in Tibet at the time um, I'm not so sure it's gotten much better but um, politically they were persecuted and and uh, horrible things happening to them and I was asked if I would be willing to go over the mountains into Tibet from the Nepal side and smuggle out nine monks that were uh, being tracked and hunted down, basically, to be thrown in jail or killed or whatever. And I had a lot of mountaineering skills and some equipment, and I said, sure. And I ended up spending about a month and a half 
during this whole project and uh, was able to get these, these monks out of Tibet. And I don't talk a lot about it. It was a very emotional time for me. It was a kind of a near-death experience. You almost died. You almost died during that experience. Yes. I, I contracted uh, high-altitude sickness, uh, cerebral edema, from being up at, you know, way above uh, altitude at 22,800 feet for too long. Your brain swells, you lose motor skills, you hallucinate. And, and um, I was able to get the last of the monks over the most dangerous part and kind of push them ahead of me, and I, I ended up collapsing and just told them to go. There was a, bit, a bad storm coming, and, and I basically sat down at about 2,100 or 21,000 feet. 1,000 feet. And I, I sat down to die, and I just kind of met my my maker, and I, I made peace with that, and, you know, I, I thought, well, what a beautiful place to go. And then I, I started having some horrible hallucinations and, and terrible, you know, horrible things floating across the sky and devils and demons and dragons and just craziness. And, um, and then all of a sudden there was this very clear image of this giant kind of a dark green chalkboard like in the middle, you know, in a classroom and um, written on that chalkboard across the sky in yellow chalk, it said, you'll never change the world. And that snapped me back to a reality that I hadn't thought about since I was in seventh grade, and I recalled that that was what one of my teachers had written on the chalkboard, that you'll never change the world. And I, I don't know what his intention was at the time. I know that my school had the largest district in the state of Massachusetts. It's 260 square miles for one school, nine towns. Um, there was a you know, dropout raid and teenage pregnancy. There was a lot of stuff going on. So maybe he was just trying to encourage us to stay in school and not quit high school, but it really had a profound impact on me sitting up there on that mountain. I was like, what a thing to tell a 13-year-old child. And when we come back from break, we're going to find out how Colin can change the world and how you, everyone, has the ability and the responsibility to change the world one person, one thought, one action at a time. Colin's website for Global Classroom is globalclassroom.net. And we're going to hear about Raven Adventures and more of his experiences when we come back. Colin, you will stay with us, right? And we're going to, we're going to have Colin Garland till the end of the hour. So stay with us. Oh, yes, it's great. I'm so glad you're with us. Uh, This is Cynthia Bryan. The show is Star Style. Be the star you are. During the break, go to globalclassroom.net. We will be right back with more stories. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Did you know that collaboration is the name of the game? An understanding of what other businesses can greatly enhance your own business. Creating strategic alliances with companies, you might be able to do various non-competitive services and help each other's clients. For example, if you have a printing business, you may refer your clients to good photographers or to graphic artists. These photographers and graphic artists, in turn, will recommend your printing services to them. If you're an accountant, perhaps you'll want to refer clients to the appropriate attorneys or investment specialists. 
everyone gains a client, everyone's reputation is enhanced, and you provide greater benefits and knowledge for your industry, everybody wins. Ask yourself what businesses and other services and products you could comfortably endorse. Then approach that company, that person, and collaborate. Ask for referrals and give good referrals. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. For more information on how to jumpstart your life and your business, contact Star Style Productions at starstyle.us or call 925-377-STAR. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's power party time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where the world comes to talk and to listen. When we left off just a minute ago, uh, we were talking with Colin Garland, who is an adventurer, an explorer, an animal rescuer, and just a very good steward of the earth. We were at 21,000 feet in the Himalayas when he saw a vision of a chalkboard from seventh grade that said you cannot change the world, which motivated you, Colin, to realize I must survive because I have to be the change. Yeah, I mean, that... that epiphany saved my life. It gave me the motivation. I was so angry that I decided I was going to get up and walk, and I was either going to walk off the edge of the earth in the Himalaya, or I was going to make it home and tell this guy what I thought of that statement. It was just so disempowering uh, to be telling young people that. And I, you know, I started thinking, gosh, from the second I was conceived, I started changing my parents' world. And when I was born, I started changing the planet. I need food, I need water, I need clothing, and use petroleum products. And, and I just made up my mind at that moment that when I went back to the States, I was going to put my energy into trying to be a positive change for the planet, for the people I work with, the people around me. If I'm going to change the world, why not do it in a positive way? And change always starts with ourselves. If we, we, we need to be the change we want to see, and this is the life that you are living, which let's take, let's go to globalclassroom.net. You established Global Classroom. You are the founder of several things, but what you do here, it is a, a, an award winning, it's a 501c3, it's a nonprofit that you are really involved in conservation projects in, in Costa Rica and in Baja, as we said, and in other parts of the world. 
tell us what the volunteers do, how you created this reserve in Costa Rica, because what, you have like a 700-acre uh, cloud forest reserve? Are they yeah. all global? Tell us about this. Yeah, well, that was that was another kind of a, uh, an accidental thing. I had some students in Costa Rica in 1992, and that was one of our first kind of international trips that I was doing with high school students. And uh, kind of a real kind of critical component of all of my trips with these students is that I lead every single trip, and I have a female co-leader because I, I really want a, a female role model for co-ed trips. And... Um, Every evening, we have what's called a sharing circle, and we just sit down and we talk. We discuss the day. Um, there's an object in the middle of the circle that one student picks up, and whoever's holding that object, whether it be an eagle feather or a stone or a nut, it doesn't matter, that student has the floor, and no one else is to talk, and they can speak their mind about anything. And I really emphasize this with these students that that means anything. I will not judge them. I will not go to their parents. I will let them speak. And that this information is sacred and it is not to leave this circle unless they have the permission of the entire group. And it makes for some very, very powerful conversations and just painful things and beautiful things. And, and while we're in the middle of one of these sharing circles, sitting on a little bit of a trail out there in the jungle, around the corner comes this jaguar. And it stops 10 meters away from us, 30 feet away. And it just, she just looks at us and looks at us. And I'm like whispering to the students like, oh, my God, I've been tracking cats for 20 years. And this is my first jaguar I've seen in the wild. It was so powerful. I mean, I teared up. And the students, you know, at first were afraid they were going to get eaten. And then she just stood there and then she walked off. And, you know, everyone was excited, and we talked about it, and the fantastic sighting, and how lucky we were. And then I just kind of brought them back to reality, and I said, well, you know, this whole forest is slated to be clear-cut for an adventure park. And they couldn't believe it, and they, they were like, no, we can't let this happen. And I said, well, maybe we can save it. Maybe we can raise some money, and we can save this rainforest and create some kind of an educational center for students to come and live in the rainforest and learn about themselves as well as the rainforest. And we did it. It took a long time. We're a very unique 501c3 in that everyone's volunteer. No one has ever been paid. And 100% uh, of a person's donation, which is tax deductible, goes to the project. Nothing is overhead, no office space, no telephone calls. Every penny that we brought in went to that rainforest. And we saved a very big, really critical biological corridor. It's recognized by the Costa Rican government. And uh, we, they actually pay us now about $10,000 a year to caretake the property and ensure that there's no poaching and no trees are cut. Uh, and it's just the most fantastic old-growth forest and a, a wonderful experience for these students to live in the jungle. They do research. Just last week, we were 200 feet off the ground. Um, I use a, a compound hunting bow to shoot a line up over a branch. We pull up a climbing rope, and the students climb up into the trees and do research, looking for orchids and insects and monkeys and snakes. It's just a really fantastic experience. And, again, that website is globalclassroom.net, and on the website you can see some of the wildlife that's there and see how if you wanted to go on one of these volunteer adventures, you could sign up and do that. And, and of course, you're always needing to raise money for that, and right now you're also trying to raise 
$20,000 um, through Global Classroom to help the, um, the rescues in Baja. So I want to move on. I mean, it's just so admirable, Colin. I mean, it, it's just beautiful what you've done. And the fact that that Jaguar showed up when it did to me, that was another divine providence, another sign that you were doing the right thing at the right time, and it was meant to be. And just because it's hard work doesn't mean that um, we're not on the right path, and you're all definitely on the right path. But you have also established, you're also the founder of Raven Adventures, that's Which right. yeah. you, and this is where you're leaving now. Tomorrow you're going to South Africa because you are actually a big cat expert. So that's cheetahs and lions. Uh, you've tracked tigers. I mean, you've done all of this. Tell us about Raven Adventures and what's going to happen in South Africa. Well, um, you know, I kind of, I always kind of get a little... Um, wiggly when I when I'm called an expert in anything because there's there's one thing I've learned is that we really don't know anything about wildlife. It's just the most unexpected things can happen. I've I've witnessed animals doing things that are just unheard of and and people would swear up and down it doesn't happen. Um, but anyway, for the South Africa program, I started a program called the Big Cat Research Project. And I take fresh kind of university students out into the field in South Africa, and we're doing a big photo catalog of all the leopards, cheetahs, and lions that we come across, GPS locations. Are they male or female? Do they have cubs? We're working on uh, the catalog, so we have photos left side, right side, and face shots of every spotted cat so that we can tell each individual by their spots. And it really gives these kids an ex- a excellent opportunity to be in the field doing research in some of the most wild and beautiful parts of the planet. And you know, we're we're kind of shoestring. We're all we're all um, volunteer. You know, thirty eight fifty is what this trip costs, including airfare from New York, all your <laughs> supplies, everything. I really want to make these trips affordable for these students. Um, I live off around four to five thousand dollars a year. That's my annual income, and I make that by doing carpentry and car mechanics. And um, the rest of it is just spending time with these kids. I've learned so much from these young adults. And, and um, now these so these safaris that you take, you know, into the savannas, and you go into Kruger National Park, right? I mean, this yeah. is this is where you have your up close and personal encounters. It, but you'll take, but families can go as well, right? Is it not? It's not just students. Um, can whole families book to go on um, one of these research projects? Yes. If you go to our website, to the Raven Adventure site, you'll see the South Africa listing, and you'll see that it's split into adult family trips and student trips. So basically, you know, family or friends they can sign up as well. Um, and the lucky part is you don't have to do the research. You just get to experience the, the cats and, and uh, have fun out there in the field. Um, you know, I, I want to add that we're, we're doing video and uh, photography from a vehicle, so you're not out there. If you want to do walking bush, bushwalks, we can do that as well. Um, it's a you know, very safe and, and um, you know, kind of exciting adventure, but we're, we're out there with with Kruger guides who know the area very well and know the wildlife. But, um, yes, I, I absolutely uh, run all of my trips that are open to the students. I also offer to adults and uh, uh, families because, I, again, it's just no one's too old or too young to have a very moving, you know, kind of life-changing experience. And, and um, 
you know, we, we kind of grow up with some, some binocular vision here in America, and I really want these people to get out in the world and see what happens. And for a number of my projects with uh, the volunteer projects, uh, students actually live with local families. So they're living with little fishing villages in, in Baja, Mexico, and they're, they're learning how to make tortillas over an open fire and milk goats and make cheese. And I mean, it's just a really, really powerful experience. And, you know, you have also taught in many universities, and, and of course, your whole life is like a classroom. But what I also found so interesting is your, your background, which coming, growing up in this small area of Massachusetts, and you worked in the factory, and you have all these other skills. You didn't go to college, and your, your, uh, your learning has been hands-on and in the field. That's right. You know, some, some studies have shown that seven out of ten uh, children in school learn in an extroverted way, meaning they learn best by doing, by experiencing, by hands-on. And I was one of those children. I was so bored out of my mind in high school that when I graduated, I just knew that that's, you know, continuing education was going to be really hard economically for me, but also I just didn't have the head for it. I could not sit in a classroom. It would just drive me crazy. But I, you know, I, I just, I never let anyone tell me I couldn't do something. And if I really wanted to know something, I went out and figured it out, or I found a mentor, or, you know, I'd go to the library, or I'd be in the field. And um, that's one of the motivators for these students. I just, I can look every one of them in the eye, and I can say, listen, you can do anything you put your mind to. Do not let anyone tell you you can't accomplish this. And, um, you know, I've, I've taught in universities all over the world, um, but I don't, just because of my makeup and my passion for being out there, I don't think anyone could pay me enough to sit in a classroom to teach. I, it just doesn't work for me. You don't belong there. You belong in the global classroom where you are leading and living and loving and making a difference, Colin. And we all applaud you for that. And I just want our listeners, again, to go to the websites to check out what Colin is doing in the world, globalclassroom.net, which is the nonprofit. For the, the adventure travel, it's ravenadventures.com. And again, if you have the, the means to make a donation, please do so. It was so worthwhile. And I am just so excited to have connected with Colin. And I'm, and I'm determined to get a, to write a book about you. And we got to make a movie, Colin. And I really want Pierce Brosnan to play you because I do think that you are that incredible combination <laughs> Of Tarzan and the Dalai Lama and 007 and and Jacques Cousteau, as I said earlier, I really, really believe that you're a role model for so many people. And you, you really walk your talk and you show us that we can never give up on our dream, that we all are stars of our own lives, and we have the ability and responsibility to live fully and to shine brightly. So I want to thank you so much for taking this time out to you know between between Costa Rica and South America to come on Star Style and share some of your experiences with us I I just applaud you I just honor what who you are what you're doing and I thank you so much Colin Well thank you for having me it's been great and uh, it was wonderful having you on that boat and I hope I get to see you down there again
Yes, yes, I hope so, and I hope so in other countries too. Maybe, you know, South Africa and Costa Rica, who knows? And and we are going to work on this project. So the name again, Colin Garland, go to globalclassroom.net. I'm going to be posting a story um, about this whale rescue, and I think that you'll find it just to be very, very moving. So thank you again, Colin. We will be in touch. And always remember, never say never and live your dreams. Remember that any donation to Global Classroom is completely tax deductible. So may there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. May you dance and sing and love and laugh in the sunshine. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. Cherish the past. Dream of the future and celebrate every moment of your life and hopefully read a book this week. It's like a garden in your pocket. And until next week, when we get to play together again, my name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. I thank you and encourage you. Be the star you are. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You are the star. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Find out which guests are being...